0: MLS Week 30 is here, and like every weekend for the remainder of the season, it holds major playoff implications in almost every game. This is the SBI Show. I am Garrett Cleverly. With me, as always, Ivis Galarsep. What's cracking, man?
1: throw it Garrett. It's uh We're getting closer. We're getting closer to that big game, cock and calf Cup. Before we can keep, we want to talk about that every show because I'm sure a lot of you, a lot of listeners. We're want to only talk two about
0: weeks that. away, Ivis. It is just it, around the corner.
1: I know, I know, but we're still, it's still MLS is is hitting the final month, and you know, there's so many great games, so many great matchups this week. We we definitely have to focus. I think it's still time to focus on that. Uh, we can definitely talk about all, all the national team players who are playing abroad, uh, and we definitely got some good news on the U.S. national team front De- this definitely. week. Uh, Christmas came early. Jurgen Klinsmann, I am convinced, has a horseshoe somewhere, <laughs> uh, uh, stuck somewhere, because the guy, he always seems to find. Uh, good luck finds him, and uh, he definitely got some uh, some good news this week. Yeah,
0: just like that, everyone everyone's scoring goals. Just like that, amazing, just at the right time. Well, we'll talk about that in a little bit. We'll talk about Olympic qual- Concacaf qualifying, which we talked about. Um, in the last show. I know we didn't have a chance to get to that. We'll get to today's show. And obviously, we're going to preview uh, MLS Week 30. I have, there's only four weeks left to go, man. The season is literally coming down to an end. Every single game this weekend, except for uh, Houston, Colorado. Sorry, everyone, if you're a fan of that team. It has a major playoff implication, except for that one game. Uh, before we do preview the weekend, we do have to talk about something. If you're an LA Galaxy fan, a couple weeks ago, you're riding high. Team's looking good. You have Gerard. You have Dos Santos. New players. Your team's winning. Things are great. Ivis, now, L.A., you've lost three matches in a row that you've been shut out in. Yes, you, you did do well over the week in, in, uh, in CONCACAF Champions League, but reports are coming out now, rumored that Gio DeSantos may be loaned out to Club America in December for the Club World Cup. And look, as much on one hand, you know, going over to the Premier Club in Mexico, the top club, I mean, that means a lot. But at the same time, when the team's struggling, I mean, you're always going to be worried about your player being let out on loan. Well,
1: I mean, it's not like they don't have a uh an option or or a choice in the matter. First of all, when I first heard this story, when I saw this report, it, it sounded a little fishy. It sounded like, come on, really this is this is a bit of grasping at straws here. I mean, is are the Galaxy really going to let DeSantos Santos uh, go play in the Club World Cup? And if, and the first thing, it's all contingent on uh on ML- LA not not when not getting to MLS Cup, which let's face it, as much as they're slumping now, I think most people would still bet on them being there in the end. Um but it all seems a little fishy. Like, why would they do that? But actually, it might not be so crazy. I mean, I, I do I think it's happening? I don't. I wouldn't go that far. But is there some logic to it? I think there actually might be a little logic to it in that if you're LA and you could have him go on loan, play through the winter, uh, be in form, uh, playing form, heading into the knockout rounds of the CONCACAF Champions League in the spring.
0: That'd be very uh, nice.
1: I think that could help them. I think that actually could help them. And I think for a team that... I mean, if they win another uh, another MLS Cup, I mean, what is there to prove in MLS? You got to go to you got to go to the next level. You got to win a CONCACAF Champions League, and having an informed Santos, uh, I think, would obviously help that. Um, now that, that that it isn't without its its question marks and without its risk. I mean, we're talking about a guy who spent a good chunk of the summer injured. Uh, you know, playing with Mexico, you got you got hurt. Uh, he so you know he's not the most is he the most durable guy around? No. But I also think that you know there could be something to, to the value in in a loan. Now, is it does it have to be part? Does the Club World Cup have to be a part of that? I I, I don't know necessarily, but I think if you loan loan him for the the Clausura, the start of the Klausura, put him put him on Club of America for a few months um, ahead of March when the knockout rounds of the Concacaf Champions League starts, I could see the value in that. Um, oh, as, as weird as it would be to to, to have an Eligasi player on Club of America.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'll, what do, yeah, what, I'll what, moan, what do, I know. <laughs>
1: what do you think? What do you, would you do it? Would
0: you do it if you're Bruce Rita? Yeah, uh, look, I, I guess you know the two questions are, you know, and this is what I was saying, you know, if you're if you're a fan of the team, I and mean, you're gonna be worried about one burnout going into the season. Yeah, yes, you're gonna get them on form, which is gonna be fantastic for the beginning of uh, of, of Concacaf Champions League. We always, and we all know how tough that is. I mean, all the MLS teams are coming off preseason when the Concacaf Champions League starts, and the Mexican sides are at that point, you know, five, six, seven, eight games into the season. I mean, so on one question, you know, you got to make sure you're not going to have burnout. And on the second hand, um, you want to make sure that doesn't get injured. And third, I mean, you don't want him performing pretty well, that all of a sudden, Club America starts throwing stupid money at you. I mean, look, if, if you're the Galaxy, it's not like money's an object. But I mean, you, you, they have a good thing going with the team that they formed. Yes, they have struggled the last couple of weeks, but I mean, this is a very good team that they formed. A team that they can have over the next couple of years. Um, I mean, you want to make sure you keep that intact. And you know, a guy like Dos Santos who. You know, he's part of the the monster they have there. He's a key contributor to the team. I mean, you want to make sure you have him going into next season, too. I mean, you didn't bring him in this year just for this year. I mean, you brought him in for the future and for, and for the long-term potentials. I mean, you, you know, like I said, I, I, guys I, like Darren Donovan have done it. I don't, I don't think it's think an issue, but, you know, you just always got to be safe, though.
1: I don't think they're worried about that as far as the whole Club America thing. If he was going to go to Club America, he would have gone to Club America, right? I mean, he. No, I know, but you know, he he could could could, could tear the the
0: cover off the ball. You never know. It
1: doesn't matter how well he plays. He chose MLS already. If he were going to go to Mexico, he would have gone to Mexico before he went to MLS. So I don't think that's a concern. I think the guy, I think he loves LA. I think he loves just, you know, playing there. It's a whole different thing playing playing in Mexico uh, and staying in Mexico as opposed to going there for a few months. Uh, what, I th- what I think is interesting, look, Cl- Gio's good, very good player, right? Not to say he makes any team better, but if your club America, I mean, they're they're pretty stacked. The Mac is pretty good as it is. So, uh, you know, I, I, it was interesting. The president in his comments, he he was careful uh, when he was asked about this. He was careful not to make it seem like he wanted Gio, Gio de Santos like. Too much, because then if you overdo it, if you're like, oh, we'd love to have him, it'd be great, it'd be amazing. Then, then your current players are like, wait, wait, oh wait, who, who, who are you like sweating this guy? What about us? What do we? Chop liver? We just won the Concacaf Champions League. You know, we're, we're we're the power in Mexico. We got some guys. We got we got talent. Why, why are you sweating Gio Santos? So, uh, so he had to be politically correct about it and kind of play the middle and say, oh, we already have a great team. You know, there's nothing to talk about. But maybe we'll do it if you know. If it works. Um, Do I think it happens? No, I don't think it happens. But I don't think I don't like initially I ruled it out. Initially, I was like, oh, this is crap. This is some reporters pipe dream. Uh, The transfer windows don't even line up. But then as it turns out, the Mexican transfer window is in December. So it does line up in that regard. So it could it could happen. And I just think when you've seen some guys who've had winter loans, short winter loans, Mm -hmm. And they've they've start they started the MLS season off well, and I think from that standpoint, and you mentioned Land Donovan, I remember Land Donovan's similar. Like he hit the gr- you know you can hit the ground running. Of course, I think it could help. I think it helped. Of course, uh, yeah, yeah. Like this, I
0: think it That's can happening. too. You know, my my viewpoint was I guess a little too uh, pessimistic, but <laughs> you know, man, I'm so negative sometimes.
1: <laughs> Everybody has the same bad luck you have, so
0: it's true. I, yeah, yeah, thanks appreciate that. Uh, well, look, we'll definitely pay attention to this as this progresses and, and more information comes out. Uh, less than four weeks to go, Ivis, for the MLS season. Some teams this weekend, they need wins desperately. First game I'm looking at, and I don't want to say the Galaxy need to win desperately, but they need to, uh, they need some points here. Ivis, going into, going into the playoffs, they're, yes, they're a veteran team. They won championships. They've done it before. But look, coming off three game, three game losing streak in MLS play where he didn't score a goal. Yes, they picked up the draw this week and have Champions League, which was important because they've now uh, clinched the top spot in the group. We'll talk about it a little bit. But uh, Galaxy taking on FC Dallas' team. FC Dallas' team is shorthanded. They're going to be without some of their key players. I mean, for the Galaxy, Ivis, I mean, this is a game where they need to walk away with three points and really start to right the ship.
1: Uh, It's crazy to think. Uh, I was was finishing up a piece preview in the weekend for Goal.com, and I was looking up some stats for LA, and they've been shut out three games in a row crazy when, when when do you think is the last time they were shut out three games in a row in league play
0: 2007
1: Ah, nice nice work well yes 2007 you were you were all ready for that did,
0: you, did i really get that right i'm trying to think, you know think back to you know some league you did years. not
1: just guess that you read that somewhere no you know, i just you, guessed that you literally just no way you guessed that
0: <laughs> i swear i just guessed that
1: you don't know how mad i am right now because i just I i spent i don't know a good, a decent amount of time. Yeah, how much time did you spend doing that? that uh, not that, I mean, what, 15, 20 minutes? It's the internet. You can, you can. You can 15,
0: 20 up. minutes? That's still some time though, you know?
1: I mean, you got to scroll through all the seasons. But yes, 2007, the summer of 2007, they were shut out three straight matches and they were actually shut out five of six matches. And that year, that was one of those nightmare years uh, they they had the third-worst record in the league. Now, that was a that's, long see, time. See, that's what I'm saying.
0: That, in, that was a long when, time. When, when, they struggled when? In 06, 07, 08. So that's what I was thinking. And it had to be one of those years when in the Galaxy, they struggled for a while.
1: No, they were, they, they were awful. Yeah. They, didn't just, they didn't just struggle. They were awful. And that's the crazy thing about this recent slump. They were just crushing everybody in the summer. They had a two-month span. And look, think about think about these, these ridiculous summers. They had a two-month span of 10 games where they scored 33 goals 33 goals in 10 games they were they were eight and two during that stretch they were putting up nickels like it was uh you know like like old people at the casino it was crazy uh so i mean to go from that to now they can't find the net you're kind of like what is going on here And, and and what i would say is you know no one gets too crazy. They're, they're going to be fine. They look a little tired. Robbie Keane definitely is not at his best. Gio DeSantos hasn't been completely sharp. Jesse Zardes hasn't. They all haven't been clicking. Their attack really have not been clicking. Uh, But I just think players of their quality, they're going to be fine. They're going to get that form back. And I think it could start this week. Tough match against FC Dallas. Credit to FC Dallas. Done a great job. Oscar Pereira has done excellently integrating all these young guys. But I just think as we get into this part of the season, the cream rises. I think I think L. A. is gonna, you know, whether it's this week or not, they will get their act together. They will hit their stride, and I think it absolutely could start this
0: week. Yeah, I agree. Look, L. A. is home this weekend. Uh, Dallas is without Mario Diaz Still, I mean, last time, not not last time, but one of the times, two times these teams met earlier this season because this is the third meeting. Uh, I mean, Diaz torched L. A. Galaxy in the win that F. C. Dallas had. Yeah, I mean, look, L. A. at home. Ives, I'm gonna go with them being able to pick up three points.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think that's a safe bet, especially the whole Fabian Castillo situation. I mean, he's he's kind of, you know, he hasn't been doing what he what he was doing earlier and what he was doing in the summer. He hasn't been doing it lately. Uh, and, you know, it, 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 I did find it interesting. So MLS did, MLS Soccer did their annual 24 under 24 list, which I'm not a huge fan of. I mean, I, I give credit for all the work they put into it, but I just don't like the idea of... Uh, thinking that that's kind of a gauge of what a young player is. I mean, I feel I think it, 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 I think we need to get to a point where uh, you're looking at 20 and 21 year olds as true young players in, in, the, in the international game. If you're 23, you should be you kind of should be established as a player. But obviously MLS it's a little different. Um, and he's been he was named number one. I, I mean, I don't know if I'd put him on my list. I definitely wouldn't. But it's funny that now he's um, he gets he's gets number one on that list. I feel like whoever ends up number one on the list for, on that 24 and 24 ends up getting jinxed. Uh, maybe the jinx worked quicker this time, and all of a sudden he's back to being inconsistent of Fabian Castillo. But uh, they're going to need him. I mean, they need him in the lineup. They need him just going at people. Uh, whoever, you know, whoever LA plays the right back, whether it's to La Garza, uh, your boy, Dan Gargan, whoever it is. I mean, <laughs> or, 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 or actually, if he plays on, or you put him on the right, you put him on the left. Wherever Castillo plays, he's got to, without him, I, I just don't think FC Dallas has the weapons. I mean, could they go in there? play a five-man D bunker in and try to get a draw I mean I think that's possible I don't see them winning but I, you know, could they get a draw it's possible but I think, I think this is the game LA wakes up I think this is a game where they're clicking where Robbie Keane you know kind of reminds us all what he can do uh, and I think they roll.
0: Kansas City at home this weekend taking on the Seattle Sounder both teams four and five uh, one point apart from each other in the Western Conference standings and uh, for sporting Kansas City Ivis uh, look, both these. Te- let me start off with this. Both these teams are coming off uh, midweek games this week. Seattle Sounders won their game, which was for the CONCACAF Champions League, destroying Vancouver. Things looking good. Sporting Kansas City, just days after being able to beat FC Dallas, they snap a five-match win this streak. Things are looking good. They lose 1-0 to the Houston Dynamo. In a game where they just did not look impressive at all, they had a handful of their of their number one players out on the field. That is a huge loss for them, and now they're rewarded with having to play the red hot Seattle Sounders. I mean, this is not a good position for Sporting Kansas City to be in when they take on the Sounders this weekend.
1: Uh, that was a ter- that was a terrible, terrible, terrible loss for them. Absolutely, I mean, even I know I I get it. They're on the road. Houston, we know Houston-KC matches always, you know, traditionally have always been battles, uh, grinders, grinder-type games. They're usually pretty ugly. Uh, but still, if you're Kansas City and you have aspirations of, of not just making the playoffs but trying to challenge for a, a higher seed, you have to win that game. And, mm-hmm. they, didn't, and they didn't win that game. They didn't. They, they laid an egg. And especially after the way they looked against Dallas, you think, oh, here we go. This is the Kansas City we know that they can be. And then they lay an egg. They come right out they lay an egg. And now they've really... Put themselves in it now. They, they, let's just, they just lay out this scenario for KC. Now they're at they're at home against the red hot Seattle team. Now I know you mentioned that that they had the Seattle had the Champions League game against Vancouver on Wednesday, but they rested a yeah, lot they, of their they tactics. didn't play a lot they, of the they, starters. They, they played, versus, they, played yeah. they played their you know what you could argue is their first choice defense or or you know they played Tyron Mears, they played Chad Marshall, Brad Evans, Stefan Fry, and Cole. But they didn't play open Fabian Martins. They didn't play Osvaldo no. Alonso. They didn't play Clint Dempsey. Um, they're going to be rested, man. Their, their attack's going to be fresh and ready to go. And now, not only that, not only you got to play an informed Sounders team, confident, riding high Sounders team, you have the U.S. Open Cup Final on Wednesday. Let's not forget that. I feel like no one's talking about that. I feel like no one outside of Kansas City or Philly is talking about the Open Cup Final, which is a little unfortunate. But it's there. So if you're Peter Ramiz, is I mean how I mean do, do you think about that? Do you think about resting people in the Seattle game? Does this game matter more than the Open Cup? I mean, you know, Sporting KC has won an open cup a couple years ago, so maybe it's not as pressing maybe as for some other teams. For me, I don't think you rest it. I don't think you can afford to rest somebody because you're gonna get embarrassed at home by Seattle. If if you try to rest like Key you're not if you wrestle Failhaber or a Matt Beesler they need all hands on deck. They need this result if they're going to have any chance of of, gra- of number one at least having a uh, hosting a playoff game in the first round and outside chance getting a buy in the first round. Because if you lose this game, I don't think either of those things are happening. And uh, you know, Seattle, man, I, I, I like Seattle right now. I think they're playing some of the best soccer in the league, and I see them winning in KC. I
0: for, I think for, look at, at for Sporting Kansas City this time. Being able to finish four or five of the playoffs is, is most likely the best they're going to do. I mean, they have a tough schedule for the remainder of the season. They still have five games to play between now and October 25th. And as you you know, like you just said, they have the Open Cup next week, too. So you have six games in in about four weeks. It's a lot of games. So against... you rest.
1: So you would rest. It sounds like you would rest. You would rest some guys.
0: Do you want – I don't know, man. Kansas City is in a tough spot. I
1: would say this. I, would, I, I If he does, if Peter Burmese does rest some guys, I'm not going to kill him. I, I, like I, I don't, I don't know if anyone could because look, uh, a, a trophy is a trophy. Winning the U.S. Cup, Open Cup matters. It is, it of course, is. Something
0: that's that's like, what I'm saying. You can't. You don't, You don't want to lose the Philadelphia. Let's face it.
1: <laughs> I don't think that has anything to do with anything. I think, uh, you know, I, I think they want to win that game. Um, but that Houston game and that really put it. In, that put them in in the mud, man. Because if they beat Houston, right? If they win that game. Then maybe you could afford to rest a couple of guys. Oh yeah,
0: that that, yes. that loss that definitely screwed everything game, up. Now
1: look at now you look at the standings. and they're, they're all of a sudden thinking, you know what, we could stumble. You know, if we lose this game, let's just say Let's say Casey loses, right? Let's say Portland wins in Columbus. Let's say you know the you know the earthquakes win. All of a sudden, you're talking San Jose is only a point behind. Mm-hmm. Uh, Portland is tied with you. So you're 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 in sixth place, one point out of seventh. If you lose this game, so tough one, man. They're they're in a tough spot, man.
0: Yeah, no, losing to Houston definitely screwed up a lot of things for them, a lot. And that, that was just a bad loss, man. Kansas City, man. I it's crazy to see the free fall that they're on, Ivis. Um, Columbus Crew playing host to the Portland Timbers this weekend. Uh, look, Portland's another team, Ivis, that desperately needs a win. I mean, points are fantastic, but the Portland needs some points. They're six in the Western Conference standing. San Jose right now is a point behind them. You have Rio also like breathing on the door. Now Houston with the win is only three points out too. And it's not like it's going to be an easy, easy game, excuse me, uh, for Portland to go to Columbus, pick up a win there. Columbus has been pretty good over the last... Uh, I'm sorry, not pretty good. Columbus has been very good over the last month and a half. They're on a two-match winning streak. I mean, this is not going to be easy, Ivis, for Portland to go in there and be able to walk away with three points. I mean, they need to be able to perform very well from the opening whistle and for 90 minutes.
1: They haven't played well in a while. And, and that's the crazy part. Like you uh, know, I, again I wrote in my goal.com I'm giving away my goal.com piece piece by piece, but the one of the points I made is like what is up with Portland? I mean, they've won two two games in 10. Two games in 10. They haven't won in four straight. And this last game against the Red Bulls and I know I said it last show, man, it, it, you know, if you and you watch it again, you know, I sit there and watch it and it's like they had no energy, and you know, if you are Caleb Porter, man, you gotta start getting worried now because, uh, you know, you, they missed the playoffs last year. They can't afford to miss playoffs again. And forget just making the playoffs. I mean, you, Portland with the pieces they have, like you thought this, you know, I thought you'd think they were gonna rebound. And the way they looked this summer, they had a nice run in the summer. They won what six matches out of seven, and they were rolling and they were starting to kind of click. And we we well, and, and that, I that was know what and,
0: and that was before they had. Um, uh will i don't think will johnson was back yet i mean portland was able to do that without, the, right, without exactly. their star they've players added,
1: they've added some guys now gotten guys back they've added lucas milano and i don't know man i don't know what's going on with them there's something wrong there and and there's worth. you really didn't want to go have to go to columbus now especially columbus the way they're playing uh you know they're 5-1 and 1 in their last 7 and that one loss was against fc dallas in a match where you know, they were missing four starters. And I know, yes, I know FC Dallas was missing starters too. But still, Columbus was not – they didn't have the, – with their full allotment, with their full squad, they have not – they've lost – you know, they haven't lost since the beginning of August. So, I mean, they, they, Greg Berhalter hasn't playing well. Uh, Kai Kamara, I mean, you know, who can stop the guy? Ethan Finley, who can stop the guy? I actually think Portland matches up well with them uh, in terms of defensively. I think, I think their center backs can deal with Kamara – I think uh you know Jorge Fanya can can cope with Finley a bit. Uh so matchup wise, I think they match up well with dealing with Columbus's attack. But what's up with Portland's attack? Their attack. Uh, Portland's just,
0: attack is struggling right now. Aby, man.
1: It's like it's almost it's a, I don't mean he's not the on. only one though. I don't know. I feel like he I feel From like Fernando I think,
0: ID is not performing that well. Like, either. It's
1: almost like the, it's almost like the deal was hey you get to be an American citizen but here you can't be a good attacker anymore. It's like what happened? It's like as soon as he became an American citizen, he immediately like lost his you know, his mojo. I don't know what's going on there, but they're going to need him and they I mean they're attacking guys, man. They they're, they're going to need those guys to play better than they've been playing and Columbus's defense is pretty tough. So, it's not I, I don't see them winning this game. Um, but if they do, I mean you know, it, it's up to Port- – it's Caleb Porter and Darlington to man man. The former Akron Connection, they're back in Ohio. They got to make some of that old Ohio magic work again. Uh, because if they don't, man, they, they're going to be in some trouble here. They're going to be in some trouble because if they lose, that opens the door for San Jose. Well, opens but, the door for San Jose to jump ahead of them.
0: And that definitely could happen. And Portland has – Portland does have a lot of problems, Ivis. I mean, one of the big ones, one of the glaring ones is the fact that If this team makes the playoffs, they're going to have the lowest goal scored out of the entire league. I mean, they've only scored 29 goals. The forwards aren't getting it done, which puts added pressure on the midfield, which you've seen that. I mean, the midfield just doesn't have that consistency. The defense has been under pressure, under duress. I mean, I I know the defense isn't—you know, their job is to play defense— but at the same time, the forwards have to put pressure on opposing it's teams. The midfield, back man. It's, it's the midfield it's there too. But the forwards it, also it, not, have to do it too. It's,
1: it's always listen, man. It's they always to easy deliver. To put it on the forwards. Uh, and I would agree with you if, if, if we were sitting there watching them miss chances left and right. I mean, I, I I think it's. I I don't see them generating the chances that they used to generate. That's what I'm they saying. They're not
0: putting point. pressure. I'm saying you're not seeing that transition out of team. When they the go in the attack. Man, it's,
1: it's it's more the midfield than the forwards, man. I, I'm sorry. Like mm-hmm. if you're a forward. You you can't I mean you know you you're, you can't expect Fernando Adi to like just take the ball from midfield and dribble through an entire defense like he needs service and you know I think I think you know not that he's been amazing this year but I don't think you you can look at him and say oh he's definitely the he's the reason I think for me Dawson no, no he's producer. not but I mean the Donovan other forwards aren't Agnesa, performing I think I think the midfield is is performing even less I, I think they need I think obviously Valery's had his injuries. Uh, I think Nagby's been underperforming. I know, uh, you know, especially in the oh, past month, definitely. I think earlier in the year, he was more uh, productive in terms of creating chances and, 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 and what have you. But I don't know, man. I, I mean, it's a tough one. It is interesting, though, that uh, other than Fernando Adi's 10 goals, no one on the team has more than three. You know what I mean? That's what and I'm that, saying. That, that,
0: no one is not more just than three. it's not just the No, forwards, I'm, saying, I'm, not, I'm not just I mean, it's it's it's, I'm it, saying, I'm saying that. I'm saying with Nagby, the team right now.
1: Wallace uh, Milano Milano's come in he's supposed to really you know make an impact he's kind of
0: one goal in four games
1: yeah I mean he looked good in the one game but <laughs> he, he did look played, but he's played eight games now he's had five starts he needs to get rolling they need it and it's always tough for these guys like a guy like Milano you know first year in the league to kind of get acclimated so you can't expect him to, to just hit the ground and running and, and and kill it but I don't know man I don't know what's going with Portland um I'm gonna go with, I, I think Columbus is gonna win um but maybe maybe they'll step. Maybe they'll wake up. Maybe this will be the game they wake
0: up in an Eastern Conference showdown. Montreal Impact are home taking on DC United. Both teams complete opposite directions right now um, as they enter this match. Montreal coming off a midweek win over the Chicago Fire. Things are looking pretty good for them. They're 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 undefeated in the last five matches. DC United hasn't won a game in the last five matches. Montreal at home, surging. They need points to create that space for them in the Eastern Conference of the playoffs. Ivis, I mean, you have to feel pretty good about Montreal this weekend.
1: It's crazy, man. It's crazy when you think about the fact that a month ago, you know, you could have talked about DC, Supporters Shield, first place, Nice, what have you. Now, it's not a stretch to start saying, is DC going to fall all the way to the to the six seed? It's not crazy. It's not great. Think about this now. Montreal wins this game. And I think this I think the smart money right now would be on Montreal, right? I mean, they're at home, they're on a roll. DC has just been awful lately. Montreal wins that game. They're only three points behind DC with a game in hand. DC is absolutely tanking. Uh so they could jump, leapfrog them. Toronto FC is has a game in hand on on DC, and, and as much as TCFC is still inconsistent. You know, you, I'd still. I, I think they're still better than DC because they have Giovinco. DC does not have a Giovinco. They have Marcus Halstey, which I feel like I said that same comment recently. But um, so yeah, so DC man, they could fall all the way to sixth. Uh, this is a game. They they need to whatever they got to do. They need to muster something up and try to get a point out of this game because they lose again, they they're in serious trouble because they they've gone from now being the top seed, maybe getting a buy in the East. To now, they might not even host the playoff game. They might not even host the first round game. And I said it last show. I said it on Twitter last weekend. I think they they really could be one and done. And I think it's looking more and more like that. Montreal now, Montreal man, they're playing really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and credit to Marbiello. They they won on Wednesday. They they beat Chicago. And he's and he's doing a good job of cycling guys in, of spreading the the minutes around. So he's doing exactly what we what we were wondering. You know how he would handle that 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 job of trying to keep guys fresh and i think he's he's trying to do that and i think he's succeeding at doing that so now if they win this game and i think they i mean they're my pick to win this game uh all of a sudden you're they're on 42 points they could start pushing tfc for the fifth seed uh i think if you're one of those teams at the bottom of the east um it's
0: looking difficult
1: it, not, not, not only that but I, I think at this point you almost start to 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 hope tfc stumbles because i think tfc or dc is I mean, DC's got a pretty good cushion. They got a what a ten point. They have a ten point cushion a minimum on everybody underneath them. So, uh, yeah, I mean, if you're in that bottom four, you got to hope for for something crazy to happen. TFC to, to fall apart, which I mean, let's face it, looking at history, it's happened before. Um, but the East is looking pretty settled. It's looking the top top six is looking pretty settled. The question is, where will DC be there? Because I think they could be all the way. They could fall all the way to sixth.
0: Out on the West Coast, Vancouver Whitecaps are taking on New York City FC. Vancouver coming off the midweek loss to the Seattle Sounders' Concacaf Champions League. We did talk about that. Also coming off uh, a loss against the Sounders in MLS play. So bad week for Vancouver. Lost twice um, to the Sounders. New York City FC, things are starting to look good for them. I got to say this, though. Going on the road is one thing. Going on the road to take Vancouver on is a whole other thing. Vancouver at home. Should take care of business against New York City FC. Very tough place to play for Eastern Conference teams.
1: They should. They should. And uh, you know, but this is gonna be. I think this is gonna be a very good game. And I know some people will look at the last two results uh, against Seattle and think, uh "Oh, is this Vancouver falling apart? Are they starting to slide?" No. Uh, take it easy, okay? They, they obviously they lost last weekend in the in the MLS match, but they didn't have. Uh, Matias Laba, they didn't have uh, Pedro Morales. They're they're starting central midfielders. That's a big that's a big hole in your midfield right there that you're missing. Uh, and then this game in the, the midweek game, Vancouver did. Vancouver put out just all reserves. They put out all reserves. I mean, Pa Moduca was like the only guy they put out there who who's played any regular minutes for them. So I wouldn't worry too much about that midweek game. I think they'll be fine. I think they're going to get Laba and Morales back and. As much as I love NYCFC showing some fight at the end, and as much as I think the battle in the midfield is going to be amazing when you talk about Pirlo, Lampard, Morales, Laba, that's going to be fun to watch. I just don't think NYCFC's defense is going to hold up against against Vancouver. I just think when you talk with Teixeira, uh Octavio Rivero, he's such a handful – uh, I think that's going to be the difference. I think I think the midfield, I think NYCFC's midfield could have a great game. I think David Villa could cause some headaches for, for Vancouver. But I just think Vancouver's attack is going to be a little too much for NYCFC. And now, if NYCFC's defense does step up, I think they could get a point. But I don't see them winning in Vancouver.
0: We also Lake on the road taking on San Jose Earthquakes. This weekend begins a very important stretch. For Real Salt Lake, who all of a sudden now has a chance at making the playoffs. They take on San Jose, Colorado, and the Portland Timbers in the next three weeks. All games that they can for sure win. On the other hand, you have San Jose Ivis, who also would like to make the playoffs. They're only a point out. Look, when it comes to games this weekend, this is going to be an outstanding game to watch. I mean, two teams Ivis with pretty much winner take all coming out of this.
1: Yes, sir. It's still September, but you could definitely call this kind of a playoff eliminator. Uh, if you're San Jose, uh, you know you're, you're point out, so it doesn't really eliminate you. But when you think about the fact that they're point out of the playoff spot, and they had and, and the team ahead of them, the teams ahead of them have a game in hand. All of a sudden, yeah, if you lose this game, then you're talking Real Salt Lake leapfrogging you, and they still have a game in hand on you. So yeah, for for RSL, for both of these teams. It's pretty much a playoff elimination match. Uh, the winner really puts themselves in a good position, especially if Portland keeps struggling, and the loser ends up being behind yet another team as they try to climb into that top six. Uh, I like RSL, man. The way they've been playing, uh, they've really they've really hit their stride. Their new player Burrito is is looking good. Uh, he's given them some some real energy in the attack, and uh, I mean I I gotta go with RSL, man. I mean I think. I don't think that's too much of a too much of a stretch. I think San Jose has, has been struggling especially their attack. Now, San Jose is at home, so you got to give them that uh you know, you like to think they'd be they, they're they they can be tougher at home. Um but I don't know, man. so I like the way they're playing. I like I like the way they're they're moving in attack. I like their their defense is is kind of stabilized now. And it it it's interesting that they're back in the race because I mean, I still remember talking to Jeff Kassar and, and Luke Mulholland and some of the guys in the summer when they came in New York and at that time they were pretty much out of it. They, they looked like they were out of it. And But Kassar was still confident and he said, look, we get healthy. We're going to be able to do something. And you know what? They've gotten healthy and they're, they're, they're showing some signs of life here. So uh, we'll see We'll see what happens from there. I mean they, they've won three out of four. I'm going to go RSL. It, it, I mean, it's not really even an upset but I think this is actually going to be a good game to watch. I mean I don't think uh, I know some people might look at it and say, "Oh, this is me like grind it out one 0 But no, I think this could be a good. I think this could end up being a very good game.
0: A couple of days ago, the schedule: Houston Dynamo versus uh, Colorado. You're thinking, "Oh gosh, this game has nothing on the line." Not anymore. After Houston defeated Sporty Kansas City, Houston now is. You can see the back in the playoff picture. Are they going to make the playoffs? No, not really. The schedule gets pretty tough, but. Look, if they defeat Colorado this weekend, it just makes things so much more interesting in the Western Conference, is So, uh, I'm pulling for Houston Dynamo. I want the Western Conference to be as messy as possible <laughs> for the next couple of weeks.
1: we want anarchy for the last few weeks. Complete of the- mess. Uh, yeah, man, Houston. Credit to Houston. They they want They they needed that win against uh, KC. And and you know what? I mean, it was an ugly game. Let's 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 just be clear right here. And I think even Dynamo fans would agree that was a painful match to watch. The KC Dynamo game was was definitely kind of that that kind of game that I'm sure the anti-MLS crowd will point will, will put up as exhibit a of why MLS is just putrid and, and whatever but look not all MLS games are that that painful to watch uh but if you're Houston man all of a sudden you know you win this game it, it, Portland and San Jose could absolutely both lose right if Portland and San Jose both lose all of a sudden Houston is jumping ahead of San Jose and they're tied with Portland uh and back in they're back in it they're amazing back in it. and it, it's amazing we were and I, hey, i i'll be the first to admit i was already throwing dirt on the grave on houston's grave i was already writing owen coyle's epitaph uh his coaching epitaph in houston um but they're still in it they're still in it um colorado man i, I don't know i mean yes there's still something on the line but i don't know if anyone outside of houston or colorado is going to want to watch this game this is going to uh you know eh, i don't know man i mean you watch it to if you're a U.S. fan, you want to watch it to see, make sure Demarcus Beasley's healthy, to make sure he's playing well, because hey, he's just starting left back against Mexico, and I think it's great that he's back. and And you know, obviously, he had an assist, played 90. You could argue he was Houston's best player in that win against KC. So, um, yeah, I'm gonna go Houston. I I just don't, I don't, I don't see much out of Colorado.
0: New York Red Bulls are home taking on Orlando City. Uh, this is pretty much open case. I guess. Orlando City maybe without Kaká, that will completely uh, I mean, as we know, I mean, their tack is struggles as it is all season long without having Kaká look even more. Even though they're not a two-match winning streak, uh, Red Bulls home with the way they're playing. I'm going to go with the Red Bulls, Ivis. Sorry, Orlando. This one,
1: this one this one could be ugly. I think this one could get yeah. ugly, especially without Kaká. Uh, yeah. Even though, look, Orlando has shown – to be fair, Orlando has, showed, Orlando has shown some signs of life. They have a couple of wins in a row now. Um, they did beat KC at, at home 3-1. Uh, and beating you know beating Chicago with a late goal, it's whatever. Chicago, the Chicago's horrible. Um, I don't know. I think Orlando will give them a game. I don't think it'll be just a complete demolition, but I just think the Red Bulls, their I just think their quality is gonna carry them. And I just think that they they smell it now. I think the Red Bulls have to smell it now. They have to see it and realize that hey, the supporter Shield is totally in our grasp right now. The Supporters Shield, we can win that. It's it, it, If we play like we've been playing, we get the results. They have to be thinking that way. And if you're Jesse Marsh and you're looking at the remaining schedule, you it's have, to have It's
0: easy. Yeah, it's easy. Uh, it,
1: it, it's easy with this game one. You have to win this game. You have to win. There's two easy games on the schedule. There's Orlando and then there's Chicago in the finale.
0: You uh, also the have Philadelphia the, there
1: too. Fair enough, Philly. But then you got TFC not going to be necessary. And Montreal is not necessarily. That Columbus game is going to be amazing. I can't wait for that game. Um, but if you're the Red Bulls, you need to win, and I, w- I think they'll win. I think it'll be a typical three nothing, three to one. I just think their midfield is going to be too much for Orlando, especially without Kaka.
0: Saying in the Eastern Conference, this next game is pretty simple. If Toronto FC does not beat Chicago, Toronto does not deserve to be in the playoffs.
1: <laughs> uh, they you know what? Listen, I, here's the thing, man. Chicago has fired Frank Yallop. The era is over. You know how it is with teams in the new coach situation. They they get a little. They, they, they a, should
0: be if they don't beat Chicago MLS would say start Toronto. They should no, you don't deserve.
1: They should. I agree with you. They should. But it, it, I'm telling you, man, it happens. It happens where the coaching change can lead to a bounce. Uh. But no, no, I, I'm totally picking Toronto because look, it's Javinko. You know what? I. It, it's like the old skit of uh Mike Ditka versus the whole other team, and it's Mike Ditka, right? Well, you could put Jovinko on the field against Chicago, and and you know he might he might score at least one goal. I'm kidding, obviously, but still, uh, TFC at home, Chicago, even with the coaching change, I think Jovinko's too much. I think TFC has they should win, and then that, and if they don't win, the, then all of a sudden they're in trouble because Montreal can jump ahead of them. I'm gonna go TFC. I just yeah, I don't I don't think Chicago. I think it could be some. I'll put it like this: it's gonna be like five 2 TFC, five three. This gonna be. Eight, I'm just, just to call it now they didn't we eight goals seven eight goals scored in this
0: game so this game will probably be 1-0 then 0-0 zero,
1: zero, probably yeah <laughs> uh
0: final game of the weekend New England at home taking on Philadelphia Philadelphia uh look there's two things why they're not going to win this game whether or not they're going to be overlooking this game to the Open Cup final next week or Jim Curtin will rest his players Philadelphia on the road no chance against New England this weekend
1: yeah i mean that's a that's a gimme man that's got to be a gimme and look if you're Jim Curtin, right, you're looking at you're looking at the situation now. You are six points out of a playoff spot. Montreal has two games in hand on you. You're done. You're done. You're not catching them. You're not catching Montreal. You're not catching Toronto. Um, you're not catching anybody. Your playoff chances are done, right? So if we accept that. We acknowledge that. You have to you have to rest your guys. And, and if you don't, I think you have to rest guys that need the rest. Uh, especially some veterans, and I think you need to pull some guys at halftime uh, that uh, of your your key younger guys. You have to do it. Obviously, New England they're still fighting for the the number one seed. They're gonna they're gonna give it their all. They're at home. I think this is gonna be a bloodbath. I think we're gonna see like a 4-0 in New England. Uh, and no one should begrudge Jim Curtin because they're they're you know what their reg- their regular season's done. If they win a the U.S. Open Cup, right? Let's just say it. if they win the U.S. Open Cup, Jim Curtin I think should keep his job. I think as much as it's been a rough, another rough year uh, and you could say, oh, well, they have, you know, have they really progressed? I don't know. I think if you win an Open Cup, I think it should buy you another year. So we'll see. So, I mean, maybe Curtin is looking at that way as well It's like, hey, man, I need to keep my job. I, I already got to the Open Cup last year. I can't just get there this year. I need to win it to keep my job. So if I'm Curtin, I'm resting my starters and giving some of these younger guys experience. Uh, and if you're New England, you, you'll gladly take that and say, oh, thank you very much. We'll take that. We'll, we'll take our three points and you know, put pressure on the Red Bulls in Columbus. So, uh, yeah, this is going to be a – if you didn't start a lot of New England players in your fantasy team, then that is your fault. You're, you're, that wasn't a smart move.
0: Well, time to move over to the U.S. men's national team. We talked about this at the very beginning of the show. U.S. players starting to score goals. Everyone's scoring goals, I it's like It's like Oprah with everyone gets a car, everyone gets – a goal, and it's coming at the right time. Two weeks away from the CONCACAF Cup. You want players on form? You want players showing show up to camp feeling good? I mean, you want the positive vibes. One player we talked about, his status on the last show, we weren't exactly sure. That was Fabian Johnson. He goes out, scores the opening goal for Borussia Buchan gladbach who needed a win desperate this weekend. They've been struggling all season long. And for Johnson Ives, I mean, that was a huge goal this week for him.
1: Well, it's not Lagares. It's not just the goal. It's the fact that he came back and he started, right? I mean, the goal is gravy. The goal is like on top of the whole thing. It's like if you're Jurgen Klinsmann, just seeing him out there, and when you see him score the goal, obviously you're in heaven, right? Because that's huge. Because he's so so important to this to the U.S. team, of course. Uh, especially with all the full, with the fullback situation being as dire as it is, mm-hmm. um, and getting back to the whole Klinsmann just be, just you know just being a lucky guy. Uh, A couple of weeks ago, you know, when Beasley and Johnson were hurt, he comes out publicly and says, oh, you know, my, you know, my top, my my first choice fullbacks ideally would be Beasley and Johnson. And for him to say that, it was kind of like, wait a minute, why would you even admit to that when you don't even know if you're going to have them? And what do you know? Boom. The same day Beasley's backs plays 90 scores an assist. Bobby Johnson comes back, scores a goal. Uh, it looked pretty good. He played in the left midfield. Obviously he's not playing right back. Um, and it was a big win for Mönchengladbach. Gladbach. They they had a coaching change there, uh, so it was good for him to score a goal for the new coach.
0: We also uh, looked them. good. I mean,
1: looked His pass was pretty
0: crisp. He had a couple key interceptions. Not, Overall, his performance it, was good.
1: And I want and what I wonder is now, I mean, I think you still need to play him at fullback, right? I mean, let's not mess around. Um, but. As good as he looked, I mean, playing on the wing, we all, I mean, we all have, we all can admit, look, he's the, he's the best U.S. option at four different positions, right? Let's just put it out there, right? He's now. He's like
0: the new but, Jeff Cameron. I don't know, when, I don't know
1: when Jeff Cameron was ever that, but Johnson's Johnson's your best left winger. He's your best right winger. He's your best left back. He's your best right back. So it's a, it's a tough one. It's tough. for you to bring He, play, your he plays
0: left back for you. Cause he still has the ability to get in the final third and be productive. If he wasn't able to do that, like Deandre Yedlin, who is great in the final third, when he starts a little bit further up the field, then, then you need to do that. But Fabian so Johnson, I play Fabian Johnson at left back. Cause he can still get into the final third and be don't productive. I'm, right back? I'm sorry.
1: You have Beasley at left back. You oh, play him at yes, right... you're right. You're right. Then Fabian Johnson plays right back. My apologies. I
0: forgot. I forgot. No, about I mean, Beasley. I
1: think it's fair. I think it's fair to say. And, and the big reason is Klinsman has never bought into the Jeff Cameron at right back situation. Uh, and it's always hard to f- figure out Klinsman is, is thinking at the time of, uh, of situations. Because if looking at it logically, right, Jeff Cameron should be your starting center back. Jeff Cameron has started all season at center back for Stoke City. All season. Played well. He's playing well he's, at, le- at center. Yeah, back. he's done well. He's done well playing <laughs> well at center back. He's playing well in one of the top leagues in the world.
0: Stoke City's such a mess, though.
1: He's playing well. That's yeah, not I don't care about the team. He's playing well, and he's definitely for me playing much better than Omar Gonzalez. It's not even a question. He's be- he's much better than ventura Alvarado. Not even a question. So he should be your starting center back. Does that mean anyone thinks he's actually going to be the starting center back against Mexico? No. No one can. No one is sitting here confidently saying Klinsman will do that. But he should. But he should. So for me, he should be your center back. Now you have your – okay, you got your two fullbacks that you wanted. Do They're you?
0: Healthy. Actually, I forgot about Tim Rehm, man. Well,
1: Tim, Making he's it. Making a saying.
0: case for left back.
1: No, no, no. Listen. Healthy Beasley gets the nod over Rehm. But how about Rehm at center back? Tim Ream, yeah. for those who don't keep track, Tim Ream has started the last two games since the international break, since the games at left back for the U.S. He has been starting at center back for Fulham. For, for full so I've always liked, I mean, personally, I've always liked Tim Ream at, at, at center back. I know he had the rough, rough, rough 2011 uh, where everything seemed to go wrong for him. But, hey, he rebounded. He went to, he went to England. He, he found his way. He, he's been great for, for, he was great for Bolton for a couple of years, he, he's, a, he's 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 as as good as he's ever been, right? I mean, he's 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 mature, he's confident, he's versatile. Uh, so here's a question: John Brooks is hurt, right? He's got thigh injuries. has been injured since the friendlies. Hasn't played since the friendlies. You're gonna go you, at this point. You can't play John Brooks against Mexico. You can't play him against Mexico. You just can't. Because even when he's on form, he's he's a liability. Now he hasn't even been playing. So all right. Let's hope let Klinsman is just reasonable with that, and then he doesn't play John Brooks. So then you have Beasler, Matt Beasler, who's done well. He's done well for for Sporting Casey. and then you have Tim Ream. That's a you know what? That's a tough one. That's a tough one. Tim Ream or Matt Beasler. I I think I think it's got to be one of those two. But then you have Klinsman, who you never know. Maybe Klinsman's gonna you still. Part of me still feels Klinsman's somewhere on on the chalkboard in Klinsman's office. He's got like Omar Gonzalez and Ventura Alvarado as his as his center backs against Mexico. Hopefully not, because I just don't think that's the tandem you go with. I don't think. Any, Why don't i you look, just Alex, go with Omar
0: Gonzalez and Matt Peasler? Just the
1: Marcus familiar dude. Marcus Beasley,
0: yeah, dude. Just go with the guys who shut just down. Just go Mexico with the World Cup. Yeah, exactly. Just go with the back.
1: Yeah, you know that's all. No, the dude. guys who
0: shut down Mexico and Azteca when they were just money that game. I'd yeah. go. I'd go with that.
1: Well then, but then wasn't didn't Jeff Cameron? Oh, I can't, no, I can't no.
0: remember who played right back though. I think Jeff Cameron. I think Jeff <laughs> so, Cameron so it Cameron. an uneventful performance for them.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think you know, I think Jeff Cameron. Uh, but see, Jeff Cameron. Well, yeah, okay, Jeff. how about
0: this? How about how about Fabian Johnson left left uh, at the at the left fullback position, and then my man Jonathan Spector at the right fullback position?
1: Can't not happening. <laughs> we will not be seeing Jonathan Spector. Play against Mexico. So much,
0: so much promise. I have so let much it, promise.
1: All right, let's look back. Okay, the shutout in Azteca. Jeff Cameron, Omar Gonzalez, Matt Beasley, Demarcus Beasley. So, uh, and Fabian Johnson uh, did not play in that game. So, I don't know. I, I wouldn't mind that either. I would. I look. I wouldn't mind Jeff Cameron right back. I, I for me, Jeff Cameron just should be on the field. He's playing really well. He's playing confidently. Uh, but it, we never know with Klinsman. We never know with Klinsman. But Ooh, now, well,
0: we how about up. this? How about this? How about How about Jermaine Jones center back, Jeff Cameron. Jeff Cameron plays holding mid. (laughs) Well, that's the thing. Right right? backs, Fabian Johnson. Left backs, DeMarcus Beasley. And then your other center back is um, um, Matt Matt Beasler. There you go. That's pretty good. It's not
1: happening.
0: And Kyle Kyle Beckerman's playing forward because you got to get him on the field somewhere.
1: Jermaine Jones, <laughs> he's playing in the midfield. He's starting for you. He was healthy. Jermaine Jones is on the field against Mexico. We already know. And let's not turn this into an entire preview of the. I know, them. I know, I know. We're not, but back to the conversation <laughs> at hand. Uh, it's great that Beasley and Johnson are back. They should both start in the back because you, you, you. Here's the thing, folks, and I think, and and I, I'll say this: it's good to see how realistic U.S. fans are being because I did I put a post up on SBI. And I asked the question, how confident are you the U.S. is going to beat Mexico? And the votes were pretty much clear. No, I don't think the U.S. is going to beat Mexico, realistically speaking. So, yes, Mexico is the favorite in this game. Now, if the U.S. is going to win this game, they definitely need their defense to be stable, right? Like a, they need a solid back four. You start there. And if you're going to have a solid back four, you got to go Beasley Johnson at your fullbacks. You have to. I think you have to put them at fullbacks. And then for me, Cameron, right center back and then Beasler or Ream. The reason I like, I would love to see Ream and Cameron but the reason I kind of don't think we would see that is because they've never played together as as a, a center back tandem. They've never as so that that that's uh that's a tricky one, right? So I think Beasler, I mean I don't have any I don't have many times Beesler and Cameron would play together but uh I, I, it's more it's more than Beesler it's more than Reem and Cameron would play together. So that's a tough one, man. I don't envy Clemson, man. He's got a lot of decision. he's got a lot of tough decisions still to make, but at least now his fullback position seemed to be subtle.
0: One guy that we actually haven't really discussed at fullback is DeAndre Yedlin Ivis, I mean, he can play out there. And after his promising debut for Sunderland against Manchester City, yes, I know it was one game. But DeAndre Yedlin looked pretty good in that game. I mean, he was aggressive. He was over the field. He did have his some moments. But in the attack, he produced Sunderland's best chances. He had an assist. I mean, dude, DeAndre Yedlin, that was a very nice debut for him. Uh, for, for Sunderland against Manchester City,
1: I thought it was a very good debut, and I and and I, you know how it always goes. People love. I, it was amazing to me that that you had a couple of people who wanted to just crap on him and say, "Oh, he got killed." No, he did not get killed. His team got killed, and he ended up in a lot of positions where Man City overran Sunderland. Uh, and you know if you're DeAndre Yellen and you're faced with, uh. You know, Kevin De Bruyne running at you, Raheem Sterling running to your right, and your teammate not tracking the runner. It's not your fault. Like you're not like, in terms of actual situations that look, he just flat out blew it. Uh, The Sterling's first goal, where he kind of got sucked in uh, by Agüero and and kind of lost uh, Sterling and left him wide open for a shot. That that I'll straight up, that's his fault. He should he should have done better there. But on on a, on a couple of the other sequences that were goals, I mean, he 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 faced up the guy with the ball, and you know no one no one covered the runner, and and that so for me I saw a lot and his obviously his attacking quality, uh I saw a lot I saw a confident player man he he pulled some moves off that were very impressive they weren't he, provided, he took players out with the dribble showed he, some confidence he took, he took out some there players off. he had that one sequence where he kind of chests the ball and then he flicks it over his head and beats Kohler off puts a dangerous ball in. His service was impressive, I gotta say, man. I mean, here's a guy who, his service hasn't always been great, but he had some really good crosses in that game. Um, and he had the one goal line clearance where he raced back and and denied Aguero. Um, and look, he's not the finished product defensively. We've I've said it a million times. He's still not. He still had. He still has to learn some things. He definitely got sucked in a few times where it looked like he was trying to cover, help cover, help the defense, uh, help the center backs a bit. And maybe left the flank a bit exposed and, and he kept doing it. So part of me looked at that as, Okay, this looks like he was coached to do this as an Advocat wanted him to do this. Um, and the fact that he kept he played the whole game it makes me think, okay, that that's what he wanted him to do. And then Advocat praised Yedlin after the match. So
0: he did did Yedlin played a lot of balls into the box. He uh, right. but wait, he what gave his, a lot of his teammates chances I mean,
1: Talking, yeah I mean obviously that part is is you, you can't deny the attacking contributions no one can deny that but defensively you ask yourself well how at fault was he for the goals how good was he I mean obviously look you're playing against Raheem Sterling Sterling is a, is a super dangerous super fast effective player and then kevin de bruyne the, the bazillion dollar transfer that they just added u.s fans surely remember de bruyne from being the guy who torched the americans at the world cup uh, gave him all they can handle at the world cup uh if you're yelling and you have to deal with both those guys and then you have adam johnson not bothering to run back and you're having your other other teammates just really just not getting the job done um he got put into some tough spots uh so for me yeah, was it a perfect performance? No, not at all. Did he have a couple of things he could have he could have done better defensively? Absolutely, but was it a good performance overall? Yes. Should it imp- have impressed Avocat? Yes. Did it impress Avocat? Yes. Now, does it mean he's going to start this weekend? No, because they're, they're starting right back is pretty solid, um, but I think it puts Yellen in a good spot. It, it definitely it, does. It, it some- gives him something to build on, and i tell you what, I'm not saying that guy should start against Mexico. I definitely am not saying that, but as a someone you could bring off the bench, he's not a bad option.
0: No, I agree 100%. Look, he's promising debut for uh, some other guys around Europe that uh, that are performing so well. That are performing well, excuse me. Uh, Aaron Johansson scores a goal. Bobby Wood scores the goal. I mean, nice to see Ivis, these forwards who, who do show promise for the
1: Rubio
0: U.S. Rubio Rubin. Rubio Rubin, Rubin. Rubin. I mean, forwards are scoring goals, man. What is this world? What? I think Andrew
1: Wood scored a goal during the week, too. Did he? Amazing! All the forwards are scoring goals in in, uh, in uh, except for Josie well, Altador. Well, in Europe, I was going to say in Europe, but uh, we also yeah, forgot no.
0: we forgot to mention Alan Gordon score, scored a goal this week. I mean, look at that man! There's gonna be some, <laughs> some everyone's gonna be coming in, you know, you know, feeling Aaron, pretty good about themselves.
1: Aaron Johansson, Aaron Johansson scored a, scored a goal for Werner Brayman Bremen uh, in the midweek. That's big, big for him. He's continuing to start for them, and uh, there's another question there, man. There's another, you know, does Josie keep his job and Obviously, he had the two goals against Peru, uh, you know, to kind of reestablish himself in a way. But the guy has not played well for Toronto in the last few weeks. He hasn't, flat out. It just hasn't been good. So if you're Klinsman, uh, I mean, it's going to be an interesting training camp there. Because obviously, outsider's kind of that guy. He's that alpha male among the forwards. He's kind of been the guy for so long. And, uh, you know, I, I've, always, and I've always, look, I've always stuck up for the guy. I've always said, look, the guy's better than he gets credit for being. Uh, he he has obviously scored a bunch of goals for the U S. Uh, this is a big game, big opportunity for him. But if you're Klinsman, uh, that week of training camp is going to tell you a lot and tell you whether he should be the guy to start next to Dempsey or if maybe Johansson's that guy. And, um, I mean, I still think Alton is going to start. I still do. But I think, I I think the fact that Johansson is playing regularly in the Bundesliga and now he's got a couple of goals under his belt. mm, I don't know, man. I think it's going to make things interesting in that camp.
0: And now, Ivis, qualifying for the Olympics, begins for the U23s in about a week, takes place the first two weeks of October. This, as we all know, is big for the U23s, qualifying for the Olympics, playing some stiff competition. Progressing forward, we all know. We all know how major this is, especially if the last time when in the U.S., the way they were eliminated, were not able to go to the Olympics. In London, obviously, it's the Olympics for Brazil. The final roster has been announced. We all know that the U23 pool isn't the strongest right now, and it should come as no surprise that a handful of players on this roster are part of that U20 team that looks so good in the FIFA U20 World Cup this summer. Ivis, when the roster came out and you saw it, um, I mean, there should be no surprises. The U23s aren't the strongest group in the world, and a lot of these guys, these U20 players who are part of that team, I mean, they have a huge opportunity in front of them right now to perform for this U23 at Olympic qualifying.
1: All right. Well, I mean, there were there were some surprises. I'm not going to say there weren't some surprises, but it came down again to the fact that uh, not, I don't think all the clubs had to release players. Um and for that reason, we saw some guys not on the team that I think should have been on the team. Rubio Rabin is the one who stands out. I mean, I yes. think that's a huge loss for them. I mean, I really thought it was a foregone conclusion that he would be a part of that squad and he'd be a starter next to Jordan Morris. And now that he's not there, um, I mean, that, I mean, if you're here's the if you're Cleansman, right, and as much as you like Jordan Morris, as much as he's impressed and he's taken full opportunity, full full uh, advantage of all the opportunities that have come his way. Um, can you really risk bringing him to the Concacaf Cup uh, and to, to potentially be a guy off the bench, as, as, and not have him there for that key Olympic qualifier? I mean, I, I, I just don't. I just don't see it happening. I, I, I think uh, I just don't see it. Uh, especially, look, Johansson scoring goals, uh, Bobby Wood is scoring goals, uh, Josie Altador is still your guy, Clint Dempsey's there. Is, is, would it be great if you could have Morris? Sure, but I think he he just means too much to the Olympic qualifying team. You got to keep team him on there.
0: Need, this team has to qualify for the Olympics.
1: They absolutely have. There's to There's no way you can go two consecutive right, right, Olympics right. And not qualify. So I mean, I think it's tough. It's it's obviously tough that Rubin isn't there. Um, but for me, I mean, I gotta say, like, uh, what now? One that I heard that is was a flat out snub, and it wasn't the case of his club not releasing him. Was Paul Ariola? Uh, there are a ton of U20s on this team, uh, but. For the, the fact that he was not one of them, I think, I, I, I think it was a little surprising, and uh, I think it's a mistake. I mean, I think here's a guy who, for me, was one of their best players at the Under-20 World Cup. Uh, he's getting some minutes. He's getting minutes at Club Tijuana. I think he's a unique kind of player as far as giving you, uh, giving you a wing. He can play on the wing. He can play up top. Uh, I think they missed the boat on that one. But in terms of the rest of the roster, I mean, I think it's a pretty solid roster. It's a well, roster that should. It's a roster that should qualify. Oh,
0: well, I definitely think they could. Look, I'm looking forward to this, Ivys. You know, it's one thing to be your age going against players your age, but it's not a thing to be uh, you know, a teenager going against players that are 21, 22 years old. I mean, look, I'm really excited to see what Cameron carter Vigors can do, what Matt Miazga uh, can do. I mean, guy like Will Trapp, I mean, he's going to be kind of, I mean, he'll probably be, what, the captain of this team. I'm really looking forward to see kind of how a lot of these different players mesh together because, I mean, look, let's face it, they could be playing for years to come going forward.
1: I want to see that midfield. That's what I really want to see. I want to see who ends up being the starting group in that in that midfield. Uh, and, the, you know, I'm, I'll i get to the defense in a minute. But, yeah, I mean, Will Trapp, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing him play. Mm-hmm. Um, he's obviously, for me, one of the best young players in MLS. Uh, Emerson Hyman is a guy who, for me, I know at the Under 20 World Cup, early on he played really well. The latter games I thought he didn't kind of make his mark. But I think he's a guy who, even though he's he's playing up here, I mean he's a U twenty playing on the twenty threes. He's a guy who could fit in well. And I think he could be excellent excellent playing alongside uh, guys who are at a higher level. Got yes. a guy like Will Trap. So I think a, a hyman Trap combo in there. Uh, let's not forget about Luis Gill. Even though he's kind of been, you know, kinda, you know, been kind of out of He's a guy though, man. He's got talent, and I mean, I, I mean, listen. know he does. That, but when just, the twenty threes play it's it all going to click, not just... Listen, April. 23's played Mexico, and he looked damn good. And so, yeah, I mean— it's, I'm It curious. needs to be consistent, though. I agree. I agree. Saying, let's talk about this tournament. I'm not talking about his entire career. No one's talking about, is Luis Gil going to be the guy? Because I think all the hype has kind of faded away on this kid. But I want to see him with these guys. I want to see him with these players. Because, like I said, I mean, against Mexico in April, or, or, uh, when he he played that game, um, he looked good. He looked good. And obviously, the, his, the season hasn't gone the way he's wanted RSL. Uh, but yeah, I mean, for me, Trap, Hindman, I want to see those guys, uh, and a guy like Fatayelashi, where does he fit in? I mean, I think he's having one of the best seasons of any rookie in MLS. He's actually gotten some time, gotten some run at center back for San Jose. So if you're if you're Herzog, the the if for whatever reason Vickers. If Carter Vickers and Miazga just struggle with the with the jump in age, and I don't think Miazga's played a whole season in MLS now.
0: Yeah, I think I think he should be fine.
1: Vickers, Vickers even though he's what seventeen, like he he he's still like he, he's seventeen, but he looks like he's twenty five, right? So I mean, he uh you know he should be fine. But if he, if they that's what's interesting about this roster is it's Carter Vickers, uh Miazga, and then Will Packwood, who doesn't even have a team. Will Packwood, who has you know trial, you know he trained with multiple MLS teams, didn't work out a deal with any of them. He is not playing right now, and he is he is one of your. This is what was surprising to me uh, about this roster is 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 you know no no offense to Will Packwood, but he did not look good in the Toulon tournament. He did not look good at all in the Toulon tournament, and he hasn't played since. So why put him on this team? Like really, you cannot find another center back. Uh, Anywhere to put on this roster I thought that was a little surprising Um, And then the forwards I I think Rubio Rubin's absence Is going to open the door For a guy like Mackie Tall For those who kind of forgot About Mackie Tall Who looked really good In the Under-20 World Cup In the brief appearance he made Before he broke his toe Mm -hmm. um, He looked good So I mean he's a guy who could surprise Jerome Kieswetter Is a guy who actually did look good At the Toulon Tournament um so yeah no there's some guys for sure to watch but for me the midfield how that midfield comes together guy like matt poster in chicago fire um quietly having a good season and otherwise awful season for for the fire uh and i've mentioned all these guys and the guy i didn't mention is gideon yeah, because- say
0: how, how long how long am i gonna wait till, till we mention that name
1: <laughs> I, I, you know what i'm i'm not rushing to jump on the guy because look under the 20 world cup he had some flashes but did he really was he was he was he that amazing at the under 20 World Cup? Really? In the tougher games did he really stand out? No. So I think okay it's all well and good he's getting minutes for Rangers in the Scottish second division. He has an
0: assist already, man. Look at that.
1: No, he's playing. You know, he's got he's made an impact in some games, but it's the Scottish second division. He's playing on the best team by far in the Scottish second
0: division. <laughs> Those are just details, Ivis. They on.
1: are going to dominate. With I mean they 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 would, they would win games with you in midfield. Right? So, again, I, I think he's a great talent, and I think he's got a bright future. He's going to be a star. I think so. But I just think, is he at 18 ready to jump in now in, in, at the U23 level and, and dominate? I think it's a little a little early, a little early. For me, I think guys like Trapp, Hindman, uh are, are are more poised to, to kind of make an impact in this particular tournament. And maybe I'll eat my words. Now, maybe Zalem will... You know, have six assists and lead them I, to the whole thing. I but, just
0: want to see how he does against older competition. Look, that's, that's my thing for a lot of these kids. And, 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 and it's not – it, well, it's not a sink or swim. I mean, if they don't do well, then it's – okay, they got, you know, a couple more years. I, I, I would say
1: – as, as much as I'm kind of down talking what impact I think he'll have in qualifying, I think a year from now, when you're talking about the actual Olympics, with a year under his belt, Zellem could be a star at the Olympics. I'll, I'll put that out for you for anyone who's gonna start who's been listening to this is gonna think oh he's a, you know i'm a zellum hater no i'm a realist about zellum i just think people want to rush him up rush him too fast Which
0: we don't need to there's no need
1: no. and i think and, and the thing is you would have thought that what we saw at the under 20 world cup would have would have calmed people down because here's the thing folks if he couldn't be a force and i mean a force i'm not talking about in the early group stage game against a weak opponent where he was putting on highlight reel moves if he can't be a force in the under 20 world cup then then you got to temper your expectations from there on out you can't look at this rangers playing time and say oh he's growing great he's playing right no it's the scottish second division he's on the absolute best team by a mile in the scottish second division it's an ideal situation for him to get playing time and, and, and be in an environment, a unique it's a unique situation because he's playing in the Scottish Second Division, but he's playing for a team that is supported like an English Premier League team and a team that has the quality of a of a probably a championship lower Premier League team. So it, it's a very unique, perfect position for him to be in. But don't let that sway your view of where he is right now, because he still has a long way to go. <laughs>
0: I agree. Uh, in the Scottish Championship standings, Rangers Ivis already seven points clear of uh, of the second place team. It's and not even
1: it's not I even don't. contest. They're uh,
0: no, but it's it's with with Zalem, and you're right. I mean, he you're talking just like a, and that's the thing why we need to curb expectations. Unless you're a young player like Landon Donovan who comes up and just at that young of an age is able to just dominate the opposition. The way he yeah. did. I mean, there is yeah. not yeah. many players who come He's up like that. And, and like, that's what I am saying, and that's relax. the bar. And I think some people forget that that's what the bar actually is, well, right. because exactly. we've we've had so many guys that come up that that show that potential, but they can't do it consistently. I mean, the bars land in Donovan. If Zalen goes into this tournament, scores what five goals, five assists, <laughs> wins wins the best player, then yes, then then you can say that. Until he does that. He's just another one of these younger no, prospects in the same nah, lines of other else. Well, here's the else.
1: thing, man. What people don't forget, realize, what people choose to forget, he was playing up at the under-20 World Cup. I mean, he's eligible for the next under-20 World Cup, yes. right? I mean, he's that young. So that so because of that, like that's why I think like people like no one should have gotten on him too much for not like crushing it at the under-20 World Cup because you know what? He's still young, even for that age group. So now we're we're stepping up to the U23 level, right? U23 level. These are, you know, 21, 22 year olds. Uh, again, it's still cocka Cap. So the level is what it is. Like it's not, you know, we're not talking about, you know, you're playing against like Italy or, or Spain or whatever. There are some tough teams, and this group is 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 going to be a decent test. It's going to be a pretty good test. So for me, that's why I, I like when you look at Zellum, and he's going to have to go up against 22 year olds, 21 year olds, and he's still 18, and he's still physically, it's going to be a tough challenge for him. Um, I hope he proves me wrong. I hope he he ends up making a huge impact. But if he doesn't, I don't think anyone should be surprised. And I also don't think anyone should be all over him and say, "Oh, he's not. He's a you know, he's a fraud or he's 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 a, he's a Dude, hoax. He's not yeah. he's not that good. Like he's good. He's just young. He's young. He needs to mature. He needs to grow out physically to to so he can cope. You know, get stronger. Get learn the game. Learn like the the pro side of the game. Learn learn how to you know deal with the physicality more. that's just it comes with time folks it comes with time but just just take it easy with lm there are other guys on this team that you can that that you know i there's some young guys who are absolutely gonna get thrown in the center backs are absolutely gonna get thrown in some of these forwards are gonna get thrown in and we haven't even talked about the goalkeeper position where ethan Horvath should be the guy but then you have zach Steffen. so now that cody cropper's uh, injured and not at this tournament so uh, this, this is gonna be a great tournament to watch
0: it kicks off for the U.S. on October 1st against Canada. It's very quick. I mean, the final will be held in Real Salt Lake on October 13th. Um, two them are not going to be there, Ivy's because... Uh, uh. Because... <laughs> what? Are you said you're yes, not going to be there? No,
1: no. It, it's just... Uh, it's so aggravating that they schedule these games on the same day. I know.
0: I know. But it's okay, though, because you, potentially me... And a potential SBI party are going to be at the Concacaf Cup in October on October 10th. We do have to mention though that Fathom Events, it's a it's a movie theater, are announcing that the, you can watch the U.S. vs. Mexico game at one of their big screen movie screens. There's going to be 200 locations across the entire U.S. So you can see the U.S. fail. On the big screen. How, how great is that,
1: Ivus? <laughs> Man, I think it's you. Uh, That'd be downer. Uh, no, no, it's it's crazy, right? It's great. I mean, it's great that there's going to be that opportunity. Uh, although it could, that could get ugly though, because, you know, let's face it, if, if they get embarrassed or, or crushed, then it could be, could be bad. And also you could have Mexico fans go to these things and then maybe they won't be happy if the U S wins. Uh, hopefully it all goes well. Hopefully people behave and hopefully it doesn't turn into a circus because, You know, it'd be great to have that going forward because, you know, it's it's it just shows the the growth of soccer in this country that 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 you have companies that see the opportunity and then want to cater to soccer fans. It's great.
0: I think the biggest question, though, is will they be serving beer, though? That's that's the question. It's a
1: movie theater, man. What theaters are you going to serving beer? Some talking? do
0: those those like nice new ones now. Those,
1: those... I I've never been to a theater that served beer. Well, I don't, it's I don't like
0: know. I don't know. Maybe it's a new thing in Phoenix. Where... Maybe you're sneaking beer in and you didn't. No, 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 you no. no. Be I'm being serious. There. Like it's this new thing in Phoenix where where what they do is you now like sit in like a big lazy boy, and then they have like servers that come in. They have like real food. I mean, I'm not a fan of it's it,
1: like, but how much the tickets like twenty dollars?
0: Yeah, the little more. Ex- I mean, I don't like it because tickets are expensive as hell. And I mean, I'm you know, I'm, I'm good with like my popcorn or whatever. That's some high end,
1: boutique stuff, man. That's not normal. That's not like a normal. There's thing. there's
0: there's multiple locations in uh mm-hmm. in Phoenix, man. That's uh, that's. I feel like this well, might be a West Coast thing.
1: It's a, that's uh, definitely a West Coast thing. Yeah. Although, hey, look, my movie theater that I that I usually go to, I'm not going to plug it, but uh they have re- they have the 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 recliners now too it's pretty nice it's co- pretty comfy
0: is it like st- well stadium seating obviously right
1: right no it's it's it, it's uh it's these big chairs now they they like it, they, they reduce the number of chairs but now they have these big comfy chairs and they do like the full recline so you can just sit comfortably it's great it's oh that's great. nice um, yeah and it's assigned seating too so when you when you when you uh
0: yeah that's weird know.
1: Why is that weird? Well,
0: I remember the first time I experienced a signed seating in a movie theater was when I was in Hong Kong. And of course, I mean, you know, I don't speak Mandarin. They don't speak barely English. And I was so confused with the assigned seating. Like, that's becoming a thing now. It threw me off. Well, why is that a bad thing? It's like anything? It's not, It just it's like, threw me off. I'm just not used to it.
1: I mean, I'm sure it, threw, it cuts into your ability to, to see multiple movies if you're into that sort of thing. But
0: that's um, a, that's illegal, Ivis. That's stealing.
1: Uh, 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 you should, I mean, uh, you yeah.
0: shouldn't do that, Ivis. That's wrong. I, I'm
1: not saying people. I'm not telling people to do that, but I know people <laughs> do that. And you know what? At the end of the day, if it's an empty seat, then you know what do you?
0: You know, I think we did doing? it once when we were kids with my family. I think my mom and dad wanted to go see. Me. I remember we saw two movies in one day, and I know my dad didn't pay for the second movie because he's a cheap ass. So I think we did it <laughs> once. We <laughs> yeah. saw we saw yeah. the original Mission Impossible, Mission Impossible One with Tom Cruise in the 90s. That was nice. a good movie.
1: The way the way I see it, I think I think theaters. My, my take on this is, I think I don't think theaters mind the people who double dip because you know what? At the end of the day, those people stay in a the theater longer. They buy more. They buy more concessions. They buy more snacks. And if they're sitting in this, you know, it, it, unless the theater is full, like it's not a problem, right? It's a, and that's where I think the assigned seating comes into play pretty well because if you know if people who are double dipping can't take someone else's seat because it's their it's a their assigned seat, so. If I have an assigned seat and some double dipper sits in my seat, I can be like, "Hey, dude, this is my seat, so you got to move." So it's not an issue. So I don't know. I, I still, you know, I, w- I wouldn't recommend it for people to do, but <laughs> I see why people do it, man. It's it's tough, man. These times are hard, man. You know, people can't afford to go see. How much people. is a mo- how much is the movie? I don't know, like eleven bucks, okay, so or see. five dollars if you go on an early early showing. Early oh mat- yeah, you, well
0: no, yeah you got to go like weekend afternoon, the matinees are like that. That's when you got to go. Yeah, exactly. Or like or like you know Sunday at ten o'clock. That's but I mean you know that's tough because let's go to the movies Sunday at ten o'clock. I, it's too I, beautiful I, out. Go to
1: the movies soon because I need to go see Sicario because I'm that movie looks amazing. I got to see that.
0: What movie?
1: Sicario with Benicio del Toro.
0: That does look pretty good. Emily Blunt's in that movie too.
1: Yeah, mm. I wanted to see the Whitey Bulger movie, but I don't know if I'm gonna have time. To
0: see it. Johnny Depp was good at a time.
1: Yeah, he, I think he's good this movie. We'll see. He's, he's no Donny Brasco, but
0: we'll see. Yeah. All right, Davis. With that, it ends today's SBI show. Anything else we need to uh, discuss before uh, before before we we sign off for the weekend?
1: No, I think that's it, man. I think we touched on everything. I uh, hopefully people still have time to listen to us now that all the TV shows are back. All, all the the fall season is here, and I know, I know, I know there's a lot of TV heads and uh, that listen to the show, and uh, especially you know those of us who are who have significant others and we have to kind of devote that extra TV time to watch the shows with our with our wives and our girlfriends. It's uh it's always part of the deal. Have but, you
0: been watching Fear the Walking Dead?
1: Oh, I love it, man! It's fantastic. It's it's kind of in a, in a way it's it's good, but the only disappointing thing is only I what is it like one more episode? It's it's a few more episodes. It's already wrapping up its mini debut season, but of course, you know what that means the new the, the actual Walking Dead itself is coming back, so that uh, that's gonna that's gonna be fun. So, but yeah, no, I've been there's a lot of actually I'll tell you this. There's a lot of good shows coming out, a lot of new good like new shows that are pretty good. Limitless, I watched that. For anyone who saw the movie, if you saw Limitless. The movie wasn't bad actually. The movie was good. I thought the movie was good. I thought it was going to be one the, of those kind
0: of lame movies. I dream of was, that idea. I,
1: I dream of there being a pill that could allow me to, to like not sleep and just be and use like 100% of my brain. It's a dream. But the way the way they tied the movie to the show is 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 perfect. So if you like the movie, absolutely see the show. Uh but yeah, no, I, I think there were like Two or three shows, new shows. I, I can't even think of them all that uh, I, I've watched and, and I've been like, wow, this is pretty good. So, uh, so yeah, man, for the for the folks who watch TV, and I know people are like, how do you find time to watch all that TV? And it's like, listen, we can't we can't be glued to the soccer world all day, all night. You got to take some time away, detach, unplug from the matrix, and uh, and watch other things and do other things. So. There's TV and then there's cooking. I I've, I've, cooking's become my new thing now. I've, I've stepped up the cooking game.
0: Yeah, look so, at you.
1: Yeah, man. We're whipping up all kinds of stuff, Where man. yeah, you. I got my my my, thir- my 12-year-old son was my sous chef today. He's I was showing him how to how to make things and uh, I made some I made some nice uh garlic butter shrimp linguini. It was pretty damn good, I must say. Uh everyone enjoyed it. So, yeah, man. Maybe I'll uh, have to whip something up for you when I come out to Arizona.
0: Yeah, dude, when you come out and uh be my best man, right?
1: I'm hey. Look, I, no lie. I was looking at flights the other day, just to, <laughs> just to see if I, I I should go ahead and book. But you know, I don't want to book too early. I don't want to jinx it. Man, just gotta make sure <sighs> we're getting, getting
0: ex- married. Don't be reckless. caterers <laughs> the caterers have- haven't paid. I,
1: I I just want to make sure that uh, you know, make sure it's. No,
0: I'm excited. Dude. After going to my cousin's wedding last weekend, I'm I'm excited.
1: <laughs> yeah, hopefully there's less fights at your wedding than at your cousin's. Oh God, I don't
0: know. <laughs> Uh,
1: <laughs> I promise I won't be. Nah, I'm. I'm kidding. I won't. I won't get. I promise not to get in, into any fights. Yeah, so. I know you
0: won't. There's other people that are idiots. Uh, <laughs> be
1: fun. I, I will fly out on the Thursday before the wedding. Yeah, we can do a show. We'll do our last pre-wedding show Thursday. So you better find time for that. My last
0: single show. God, how depressing. God, and think about that. When we do it in late January, that that will mark. Beginning of the fourth that will mark the beginning of the fourth year of the SBI show,
1: yeah. I know, dude. Think
0: about that four years ago. Garrett in January, you know, was you know, was just slaying left and right, and now
1: three years well, it's technically three years, start of the fourth year, so it'd be yeah, start of the fourth year, right? I'm sorry, in just three years, you went from young, happening, single, bachelor pad, killer, yeah uh yeah and, and mr youthful this, guy. this is a lesson and now, t- and now you've joined me on the dark side of being older uh tied down uh domesticated
0: this so, is a yeah. lesson for all those young guys who are you know 22 23 24 enjoy your youth yeah who are like i, I you know i was like them a couple years ago i'm not getting married screw that This, this is what happens dude this is what happens.
1: Well, listen. You meet I meet a like, girl
0: and all of a sudden you, you, you just get married.
1: I love how you're selling it as being the worst thing ever. But look, as speaking as a guy who's kind of been through it now, been married a long time, uh, it, it, listen, if you find the right woman, a, 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 and you know it can be great. It can be great. Trust me. Being married, uh, being happily married is much better than being a sing, single guy in your 40s. Let's just put that I, well, yeah.
0: I know. Yeah. See, I think about that it, sometimes. So I go to the bar because I think be, like – you know how much effort and time I got to put into into this? Then how much money am I going to spend? Are you going to come back? I mean, I think about these things now, and it's like it exhausts me when I think yeah. about it.
1: Married life is good, man. The whole family thing, having kids, having—listen, man—having ch- children will change change your life for sure. Uh, but it's crazy; it is crazy. In three years, how how definitely
0: changed my life, dude. I'm going to have two kids. I'm going to have a daughter. She'll play for the U.S. women's national team. I'm going to have a boy. <laughs> He's going to play for the U.S. men's national team. It's- it's it's already set in stone, dude.
1: You don't want to have a boy soccer player. That's not going to be good. Because then, probably, but then, because then, when he played t- fifteen years from now, when he becomes a player, uh, then then we'll, you know, be, we'll be, the media will have to rip him, and then we'll have to keep it real.
0: <laughs> I'll keep it real, but I'll just Fair. be very supportive at the same time. <laughs> well, right. your
1: son, let's face it. How good a player could he be?
0: Playing for the national <laughs> team, dude. Dude, he'll be starting, <laughs> scoring goals left and right.
1: Is your, hopefully your wife has some good soccer genes because I don't think he's getting any. From Dude, you. she
0: can't even pff, kick a soccer ball straight to <laughs> save her freaking life.
1: So where's all this? Co- where, where's where are the genes Where's the talent genes?
0: Definitely co- not from me because I got my because th- growing up, growing so, so
1: man, the man better be a damn good
0: so, soccer So ball, so, huh? gro- so growing up, um, my mom's side of the family is a little bit shorter than my dad's side, hence why I'm so short. and My brothers are so tall. I got I got screwed on the genes. But my dad would always look at us because I mean we weren't the greatest athletes in the world, but I mean, we weren't bad. But my dad would always sit there whenever we were like had a bad game, in the car driving home. He'd turn to us and say, "You got your mom, jeans. I don't know what to say. That's why you guys suck at sports." Or like, "Thanks, Dad." <laughs> nice, nice. Careful. <laughs> yeah. we, we,
1: we do that all. Uh, you know what? That's that's. that's I'm that's sure what, I'm not the that's only that's one. What Mar- <laughs> I'm that's <sure>. what married <laughs> Mar- yeah. people do that all the time. Yeah, I do. I I totally You blame it everything out.
0: on yeah, on your wife's jeans. no Not
1: everything, but if there's something that's clearly a trait that came from from her, I I point it out. If it's a negative, <laughs> if it's a negative trait, if it's a positive trait, then I definitely like that. I'm that's from me. Then I'm like, okay, that's that's your mom's. Trait. Blame your
0: mom. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. All right. <laughs> All right, Ivys, with that, <laughs> I'm going to let rambled you rambled on enough. I know. Sure I know.
1: We're going to get some comments criticizing or rambling, but hopefully some of you g- gleaned some knowledge out of
0: this. All right. Uh, uh, enough of that, Ivys. I'm going to let you go. You enjoy the weekend. Um, and I'll talk to you. And we'll have a show up on, on Monday morning. All right, man? Yes, sir. As always, everyone, thank you for listening. Reviews, comments, everything you do to support us. That is Ivys Glarcev. I'm Garrett Liverly. This is The SBI Show.